Welcome to Start to Finish, the XRTZO podcast, where we explore the scriptures to prepare and equip real people for real purpose. Here's your host, Dr. Christopher Romano. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Start to Finish podcast. I am your host, Chris Romano. It is a thrill. It is a delight. I'm super pumped that you are joining me on today's episode. We got a great episode lined up in the midst of our series on the presence of God and hearing God. Now, I know this has been kind of an overarching series. You know, we looked a lot about the, the, the history, uh, the, 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 the biblical foundation, the theological foundation of the presence of God. And as we transition to talk about the importance of hearing God, I mentioned to you how we're going to get absurdly practical, right? I want you to have the confidence that you can hear God. In last week's episode, we looked at the importance of testing voices and discerning and evaluating voices to make sure that you know it's God that's speaking to you, right? When we read the scriptures, we can have the confidence that the scriptures are God's word. But you know what? God gave us his spirit and he speaks to us spirit to spirit as well. Um, you know, it's said about Moses that he spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. Well, you're the friend of God. You are also the friend of God. You are God's son or, or you're God's daughter. He loves you and he loves to reveal himself to you. He loves to communicate to you. And so that's what last week's episode and really this whole series has been designed so that you feel compelled to experience, to encounter the presence of God and that you know when God is speaking. So we're going to look at in today's teaching, we're going to continue, really continue what we started last week in this evaluating, testing, discerning, judging voices. We're going to talk about other ways that we can recognize God's voice. I'm going to give you some, some, some very, very, very practical tips that I think I know have helped me, but I know so that they've helped uh, others in my ministry. Ways in which we can recognize God's voice, the ways in which we can recognize God's voice. So let's listen in to today's teaching. Let's enjoy. So let's begin today by looking at Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2 and verse 3. Verse two reads, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Verse three, his delight is in the fear of the Lord and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Now, I love that selection of scripture because what we have is Isaiah the prophet speaking about seven centuries or 700 years prior to the first arrival of Jesus. So he obviously, he, he is predicting uh, something that is completely amazing, right? I mean, 700 years before Jesus is coming, he's describing flawlessly the various attributes and characteristics that would become, you know, or would embody, Jesus would embody. So it talks about you know, the um, the spirit of the Lord resting upon him. I mean, we, we see that clearly in Jesus's baptism where the spirit comes upon him. And from that point, which is kind of like his, his ordination into ministry, uh, so to speak, but at, from that point, when Jesus starts his, his earthly ministry, he walks in these various features. He walks in wisdom. He walks in understanding. He walks in counsel. He certainly walks in spiritual strength. He walks 
in the fear of the Lord, where he has this deep, deep, deep commitment uh, to reverence and honor and love um, with great affection his his father. And so um, beyond that, as verse three talks about here, Jesus didn't judge a book by its cover. Jesus went well beyond the bottom line. He didn't just hear what people said. He didn't just, you know, um, you know, just just observe uh, uh, people from the outside. He went well beyond that, right? Because he operated with spiritual perception. He was able to discern. He was able to test uh, the various voices and the spirits that came his his way. And that's a pattern for all followers of Jesus. So this wasn't just about Jesus uh, walking in, in this kind of way. Um, it's about you and me. It's about all followers of Jesus, that we, because we have the spirit of the Lord uh, living within us, not just resting upon us, but living within us now, we can operate in a spirit of wisdom and, and revelation. We can operate um, with a, a, a spiritual perception that like Christ, uh, can not only be able to weed out those toxic, those negative, those judgmental type voices, but we can also welcome in the humble. We can welcome in the meek. We can welcome in those who are genuine in their motives and their intentions, right? And and Jesus does that all the time. Um, people who had others that rejected, Jesus invites them in to join his family. And that's upon us to do the exact same thing. In Philippians chapter two, Paul is talking to the church in Philippi about the importance of humility leading to spiritual unity. And he uses Jesus, again, as, a, as an example, as a blueprint, when he says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Now, some translations say attitude, uh, you know, either one, take your pick, uh, whether it's the mind of Christ, whether it's the attitude of Christ, um, we are to walk in humility as well. We are to walk in a lowly, meek, and humble manner in our interpersonal relationships. Now, why do I bring this out? Because this this scripture, I feel like it's branded upon my heart and mind as like kind of a personal mission statement. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And so why this is important is because while Jesus operated with this spiritual mind, this spiritual perspective, a spiritual attitude, he was able to discern, test, evaluate voices, spirits in such a way that made his ministry so effective. And that's what we're after, right? We're after a ministry that honors God. We're after a ministry that glorifies Jesus. We're after a ministry that that can that can that can draw and welcome you know cold, weary hearts into uh, a relationship with God through uh, through Jesus. And so um, we are we're responsible. Uh, we have a, been given a, a great great responsibility and a great stewardship uh, to continue the ministry of Jesus wherever we are on the earth. So we're going to continue talking about ways in which we can discern, test, evaluate voices. I want to, I want to talk today about other ways we can recognize God's voice. And I say other, these are in addition to some of those, those tests that we gave last week. So if you're listening to this, this, uh, this episode, um, w- you know, without listening to last week's episode, I really encourage you to go back and listen to that one first. And then, then you can kind of plow forward with today. So other ways that you and I, as followers of Jesus, can recognize God's voice. Let's start by this. Number one, God's voice often clashes with human wisdom. God's voice often clashes with human wisdom. And what I mean by that is sometimes what seems natural, 
or what seems reasonable isn't necessarily the proper course of action. Uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 5, you can actually read it from verses 38 to verse 48. You see this phrase by repeated by Jesus continually where he says, you have heard it said, but now I say on." to you, right? So clearly what Jesus is saying here is is the 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 pure and holy law of God is is in contrast to the traditions that were established by you know the Jewish leadership by 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 humans, right? So God's wisdom and God's voice is oftentimes going to clash with the so-called human or or practical or pragmatic uh, tendencies that, that that we have. And so uh, Jesus often did the opposite of what people expected him to. And that wasn't just in the overall uh, workings of his ministry. I mean, just really in the day-to-day. As you read through the Gospels, you know, in, in every encounter Jesus had, it's almost like, you know, he does the unexpected, at least at that time. Um, and so in the same way, it'll be that way with us. Sometimes, you know, when we're, when we're, when we're you know, in a, in, a, in a conversation with somebody and they're just kind of sharing their hearts, they're pouring out their hearts, uh, and it, there's a reasonable course of action, and I'm not saying to you know uh, throw out common sense or throw out you know uh, the kind of you know uh, wisdom that you've accumulated just by life experience. I'm not asking you to throw that out, but I'm asking you to uh, really allow your spiritual antennas to be up because sometimes when God is speaking, it's not necessarily what human wisdom would offer. So that's number one. And number two, another way to recognize God's voice is that God's voice is never going to ask, it's never going to ask you, it's never going to ask me to gratify my flesh. Never going to ask us to do that. So in Romans chapter 13 and verse 14, Paul says, put on or clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the lust of our flesh, right? So when you're listening to voices and whether it's an inward voice uh, or whether it's a it's a voice coming from the outside or coming from from from, from somebody else, um, that voice, if it's God, is never going to ask you. It's never going to lead you to sin. It's never going to lead you to focus on your flesh. It's never going to lead you to the indulgences that ultimately lead you farther and farther away um, from from God. So that's another way. Number three, God's voice will always encourage me to step out in faith. In Hebrews eleven and verse six. The Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God loves faith and God is going to promote faith and he's going to lead us and inspire us as his children to walk by faith and not necessarily by sight. You know, as a father, I have five children. I'm, I'm always encouraging them to step out in faith, right? To take risks. And that doesn't mean that they, they just, they're reckless, but to, to dream big and, and then to step out and trust God to, so that he'll meet them in the midst of, of them, you know, seeking to accomplishing, you know, big things and, and the dreams that, that, that are in their heart. Faith is, you know, obviously it says here, it's, it's what pleases God, but it's also, um, you know, stepping into those spaces where we can't trust in ourselves, where we can't trust in our experience, where we can't trust in, you know, our, our natural inclinations. It, it just helps us to trust 
God and to grow in our relationship with him. And of course, the father wants us to do that. He invites us to come to him. He invites us to abide in him or to remain with him. And faith is what compels us to do both of those things. So God's voice is always going to cause us to step out in faith. And there's a big difference between faith and fear. That's one of the, the ways you can you can detect, you know, is this the voice of God or is this the voice of the enemy or is this is this some other other voices? How did that voice make you feel? Right? I mean, now obviously we don't live by feelings, but there is a there is a tone, there is a feel when it comes to testing and discerning voices. Like when Jesus says, do not be afraid, right? There's a spirit attached to fear. I believe fear is a spirit. And in the scripture, it says uh, that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us power and he gave us love and he gave us a sound mind. So uh, how does the voice make you feel? Does it, does it, does it, does it, does it propel you? Does it push you forward into uh, a life of faith and acts of faith? Or is it something that paralyzes you and binds you? Um, and that's a, that's a way to really recognize whether it's God's voice or not. Number four, God's voice will also call you to act courageously. Now, this kind of, it, it goes along, uh, you know, with, with the last one, with, you know, stepping out. Obviously, it takes courage to walk by faith. Um, but in Joshua chapter one, this is a classic text to talk about the importance of being brave and, and being courageous. But um, the children of Israel are about to enter into the promised land. Moses, their leader, uh, you know, for the last uh, 40 years or so, uh, wandering around the wilderness, Moses was the guy. Moses was the unquestioned leader uh, of, of, this, of this new nation. And now Moses has died and Joshua has to kind of step up to the plate and not replace Moses, uh, but but certainly he's going to assume some of the leadership role that Moses had when he was on the earth. And so God is is kind of giving Joshua a pep talk, a motivational speech. It says in verse one of Joshua one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this and this, and this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun. It shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I love this. As I was with Moses, Joshua, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now be strong and of good courage for to this people, you shall divide as an inheritance, the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse seven, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant command you do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Again, in verse nine, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. That's the words of God. That's the voice 
of God. Be strong. Be courageous. Be bold. Be tenacious. Be relentless. I am not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Those are the kinds of voices that come from the spirit of God living on the inside of us, right? And Joshua needed this, obviously, to carry out the particular assignment and mission that God had for him. The 12 disciples are going to need this, you know, later on, as, as, as Jesus says, it's better that I go. The comforter is going to come. He's going to live inside of you and you're going to be, you know, the first fruits of those who carry on my ministry called the church. They were going to need that, that same kind of message, but so do you. And so do I. God's voice will call us to be courageous, to be bold, to be strong. And if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to represent him, you're going to be his hands. And if you're going to be his feet, then you're going to need to be courageous. And God's voice is going to confirm that to you again and again and again. A couple more. Number five, God's voice will never belittle you and he will never call you to ridicule others. God is not a God of condemnation. In Christ, there is no condemnation. And in with the spirit of Christ, there should never be a, a, a place where we are judging or condemning or ripping or tearing apart other people as well. Jesus calls us in the great commandment to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. We're to love. We're not to judge. We're to care. We're to compassionately care and, and, and reach out for those uh, who might be different than us or might have different perspectives than us or, or whatever the case may be, but we're to love. We're not to be jealous. We're not to be, you know, um, you know somebody else's win is not uh, your loss. I heard that actually this week. I love that, you know, uh, and we need to not be in competition with one another. We complete each other. We don't compete with each other. Well, finally, God's voice is often going to direct us to be patient. Now, I want to I want to I want to qualify this, right? Because the scriptures are replete with the importance of being patient. I mean, the fruit of the spirit is patient, right? 1 Corinthians 13 says that love is patient. Um, and in Psalm 27 and verse 14, we're to wait on the Lord with patience, right? So, if you feel an overwhelming urge to act spontaneous, like in every situation. Like I think there's, spontaneity can be a gift, right? My wife is more spontaneous than I am. I'm much more calculative. I'm, I'm, I'm much more counting the cost, you know? Um, I, want, I want to see all the numbers. I want, I want to look at all the details. I want to consider all the options where she's just much more, let's just do this, let's just go for it. Um, and, I, that's, and it's awesome. It's, there's, a, there's a lovely reality uh, to that. But uh, particularly when we talk about God's voice directing us to be patient, um, there's a wisdom in that. And it's typically in the context of like big decisions, right? Not when God puts something on your heart um, and he's calling you to act swiftly in obedience or loyalty to his word. Uh, but when we're talking about looking at the big picture, you know, one of the, one of the real char- uh, characteristics of a godly man or a godly woman is somebody who's okay with being patient, somebody who's circumspect, Right. Um, somebody who suffers long, somebody who's willing to just endure. Uh, It's really a godly characteristic. And God's voice will oftentimes call us to do that.
Well, that's going to bring us to the conclusion of today's episode. You know, as you seek to put these into practice in your own, you know, in your own personal journey with God in your own walk, um, I just want to, I just want to add this kind of as, um, you know, a concluding thought that we looked at Hebrews chapter five at the end last week in verse 14, where uh, this is the, um, the English standard version says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. The powers of discernment there are our spiritual senses. And the scripture calls us to train our senses, right? To put them into to practice. And training your senses really demands a full surrender of your physical senses. So when we're talking about trying to spiritually test and judge and evaluate voices, well, really, I mean, all these, these helpful hints are, are, going to, are going to benefit you along the way, but you have to be willing to surrender your physical senses. And the Bible talks about this. I mean, Paul talks about this in Romans, you know, presenting your body, your members, not as instruments of unrighteousness, but as instruments of righteousness. Uh, and, and later on in Romans, he talks about, you know, um, uh, yielding your body as as uh, as vessels, as sacrifices, living sacrifices. He talks about uh, not con- being conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You and I are to present our physical body, right? the five senses of the physical realm. We're to present them to God as an offering, as a sacrifice, and as instruments of worship. And as we do that, as we surrender our five senses, our five physical, our five natural senses, it's going to position us for the Holy Spirit to open up our spiritual senses. So we move from the natural realm into the spiritual realm when we're willing to lay those down and say, God, I want you to be Lord of my body. I want you to be King of my body. I want you to be King of my mind. I want you to be King uh, of, of my of my uh, my my hands and my feet and, and 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 all this all the spiritual senses you know that we talk about right. Um, I want you to be king of all that. I don't want you to just be king of my my devotional life, my spiritual life, right? I want you to be king of everything about me, inside and outside. I want you to be Lord over it all. And as we do that, God is going to co-labor with us to ensure that we do walk in wisdom that we do walk in discernment, that we walk in understanding, that we walk in this counsel as we, as we began the, today's episode talking about the importance of, uh, of having the mind of Jesus. I want to conclude with that same truth. Let this mind be in you. So wherever you're listening, uh, whenever you're listening to this episode, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we have so much to thank you for and we have so much to ask you for. Um, and we ask you for your help. We ask you for your assistance. And we thank you for always being there for us, for being available. Just as you said to Joshua um, upon the death of Moses and the impending entrance into the promised land, you said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And I know that to be true of me. And I know that to be so true of everyone who's listening here today. You will not leave us. You will not abandon us. You will not forsake us. And we're so grateful. We draw strength. We draw courage. We draw faith. Uh, because 
of your presence ever abiding with us. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen and amen. Well, guys, thanks so much. I hope you have a fantastic week till we come again uh, together next Thursday. Um, Listen, be blessed, be strong, be courageous, be faith-filled, discern those voices, listen to the voice of God. When he speaks, be obedient, run swiftly to that place uh, of compliance and obedience to his word. And uh, be sure I will see you guys again real soon.